Welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please welcome your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Functional Medicine Radio Show, the only Internet radio show dedicated to giving you real solutions to improve your health. Not only are they real solutions, but they're natural solutions as well, because as you know, the one and only true wealth you have is your health. I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc, and I'm committed to helping you find the root cause of your health problem, fix the cause with natural treatments so you can feel normal again and live your life to the fullest. Now, today's topic is about mastering your genes with functional nutrition. I'm so very excited about today's show because my special guest is Andrea Nakayama. Let me tell you a little bit about her. Andrea has become a big deal in the world of functional medicine as a nutritionist who can help chronically ill people get better when no one else can. Her clinical skills have won her the attention of many world-renowned doctors who consult with her on their own difficult cases. More than that, Andrea trains a thousand practitioners every year in how to have the clinical success she's had. She's a CEO and founder of the Functional Nutrition Alliance and Holistic Nutrition Lab. She's training an army of change makers in the field of functional nutrition. These triumphs came out of Andrea's own tragedy. She may just share some of that story with us today. Andrea, thank you so much for being my special guest today on this episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. Thanks for having me, Dr. Carrie. I'm a big fan. I'm excited to be here. Oh, thank you. Um, We met not too long ago at a functional forum, and I know you've done many speaking engagements for them at that time it was just they they gave you five minutes but you yes. just you, you blew all of us away with your five minutes oh thank you <laughs> yeah I've had an opportunity to speak at the functional forum a couple of times and that was my functional medicine in five moment mm-hmm. it was brilliant so I know you're going to give us a lot of great advice today for our listeners so I think a great place to start is just kind of explaining what is functional nutrition and is that different from functional medicine Hmm, great question. And I love to speak into this because they're really related. And I would say they're allied. So, you know, right now, I would say the the top three tenets of functional medicine are that we practice root cause resolution, that we use systems and tools, not just for problem solving, but seeing the body as a biological system, everything's interrelated, and that we create therapeutic partnerships. And I've taken those three tenets that are the core of functional medicine and looked at where we as patients can apply them to ourselves, where we can look for root cause, where we can work with systems, understand ourselves better, and where we can really be as patients, because we're all patients at one point or another, we can really be partners in our therapeutic relationship. We're not wholly dependent on the doctor and celebrating them for being 
being a partner or you for being a partner, but we're saying I'm going to be there too. So beautifully, functional medicine really honors the role of diet and lifestyle modification. And yet, I think we're putting too much pressure on the functional medicine physician to do it all. There's a lot that we're asking of the physicians. So I really think there needs to be an army of practitioners that I call the allied functional medicine practitioners that can work on the team with the patient and the physician to fill in some of the gaps. So let me just give you an example, Dr. Carey, of of where as a functional nutritionist, we're going to, let's say, double click on the area of diet and lifestyle modification. Oftentimes in our clinic at the Functional Nutrition Alliance, we're seeing people from around the globe because we're a virtual clinic that are working with the top functional medicine doctors. And a lot of times the doctors are working at what you and I are going to discuss later, I hope, which is what I call tier three. It's at the level of looking at infections or dysfunctions in the body. In order for a person to be able to handle the treatments, there's often a lot of work that needs to be done in what I call tier one and tier two. And that's looking at what are our non-negotiables and where do we have deficiencies that need to be addressed. So there's some overlap with the functional medicine physician and that we're working in partnership to look at dysfunctions and to make recommendations about diet and lifestyle. But as functional nutritionists or allied functional medicine practitioners, we're in the weeds a little bit more with the patient. We're watching, wait a minute, you're on a low FODMAP diet or you're eating this autoimmune paleo protocol or you know, as I've heard you talk about with guests, you're looking at a ketogenic diet or intermittent fasting. But why isn't that working for you? Why is what the prescription is not working for you, the individual? Do you have difficulties digesting fats? Are there adrenal issues that aren't allowing you to reach that desired diet just yet? So we're kind of getting in there and looking at the details that likely the physician doesn't have the time or the particular skills because the skill set is slightly different to do. Does that make sense? Absolutely. And it sounds like it sounds like you're kind of talking about my own pri- private practice in a sense. Yeah. Cuz I've yes. re- I recognize that that's one of the difficulties that I know within my private practice. I only have so much time with a patient and I know how important nutrition is, but the, then there's all these other things to talk about as well and um, actually right now I have at least one person that is earmarked to go through your program. Uh, and then work within my office. So thanks yeah, for having the program out there. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that's what yeah. we're really aiming to do is really support the model. Um, I really believe that functional medicine, as I know you do, is the answer to addressing so many of the chronically ill patients that we see. And it's a growing number of people because there's more and more multifactorial issues that people are presenting with. It's not just one thing. So we can't be looking at the, 
you know, this diagnosis means this treatment, let's say it's Hashimoto's or MS or Lyme disease, it's very multifactorial and it takes a lot of detective work. And if we're all looking at the case together and working in partnership, that's where we really see an increase in results for the patient. So I just want to say, Dr. Carey, that, you know, there are those patients that have don't have as big of an issue. You know, we call them little bigs. They have little health issues and they're really interested in their health. And that may be many of you listeners here because you're devoted to best practices for yourself. You might not need a whole team, but in our clinic and the people that I'm devoted to helping, we call them big littles, big bigs, or huge bigs. The first part of that equation is the is the health issue. Is it a big health issue? Is it something that's not getting resolved and you've tried and tried and tried? And then what kind of effort have you put in is the second part of that equation. So a big little is somebody who has a diagnosis and is just starting to make dietary change. A big big is somebody who has a big health issue and has made a big effort and so on and so forth. And I will say across the board within my private practice, the patients that see the best results are really the ones that buckle down with their nutrition. Yes, absolutely. And it's buckling it down for yourself. It's really understanding what is the best diet for me. And unfortunately, a lot of the information out there is still in the lens of a protocol. Even if we do an autoimmune paleo protocol, a GAPS protocol, a ketogenic protocol, a FODMAP protocol, it's still a protocol And there's a part that has to do with you as an individual that takes more teasing apart, that gives you more power. It really puts you back in the driver's seat. And it does make you that partner with your physician because you can speak to what's true for you. Absolutely. I can't tell you how many patients have come in doing the AIP diet, the autoimmune paleo, and they're just like, I don't see any difference, Dr. Carey. And like you said, it's about figuring out what is the best for them, not just a protocol. Yeah. Exactly. And diet alone, we have to recognize that if we don't do the internal healing, we're only taking away the salt in the wound. We're not actually doing the internal healing. And and that's really where this, it comes to thinking into systems. So, um, I'm sorry, I interrupted you. You were going to say something. Well, I was just going to ask if you could share uh, part of your story. You know, how did you get into doing functional nutrition? Yeah, thank you for asking. And, and you know, I see story as such a huge part of our health histories. Um, as somebody who practices functionally, I really pay heed to the timeline and the story and in what functional medicine we call the ATMs, the antecedents the triggers and the mediators. And we do spend time there in our practice. And it's one reason I like to share my story because I think our stories collectively, individually are so important. They're such a huge part of what brought us to where we are today. And for me and my story, my my real interest in health started when my husband was diagnosed with a grave brain tumor, a glioblastoma multiforme, when I I was seven weeks pregnant back in April of 2000, and he was given about six months to live. It 
seemed to come out of nowhere. There was He was a healthy young man in his early 30s. We were just starting our family, and it really started with just a, a headache, a headache that was so severe and had no symptoms prior to that. I should say rarely is a headache a brain tumor, so anybody who's experiencing headaches shouldn't worry about that for themselves. But it did for him turn out to be a brain tumor with a very grave diagnosis and prognosis. So we went into major action mode. We did everything. We looked to all integrative approaches. So, of course, with a diagnosis like that, we went through uh, medical intervention, radiation, chemo, several surgeries, um, all while I was pregnant. And we did everything else, massage, diet, uh, acupuncture, qigong. We did the gamut of everything. He outlived his prognosis. He lived two and a half years. So he died when our son was 19 months old. And our son is a teenager now. And for me, that really catapulted a passion about helping the patient be seen as an individual, because as patients and as somebody who is walking around with a diagnosis that's basically a death sentence, I saw my beloved husband treated like a dead man, and that wasn't okay with me. So Fast forward a little bit, of course, while he was going through all of that, I was going through my own stress during pregnancy when hormones are changing and there's a lot of physiological um, shifting happening in the body and a tremendous amount, as I said, of stress, which we know to be both a trigger and a mediator for chronic health issues. And several years later, I myself discovered that I had Hashimoto's, autoimmune thyroiditis. And so I had to learn how to manage my own health as well. So that all led to a real passion that I have, like I said, for helping the individual be seen as an individual. So my mission is to help each person receive the care that doesn't bypass them and see them just as a diagnosis. And as I said earlier, my passion is that functional medicine can be the answer to that. Functional medicine does pay heed to the individual. And I think more of us have to get on board in order to make the functional medicine model work. We're putting a lot of pressure on the functional medicine physician alone to be the sole problem solver. And I think the allied functional medicine practitioner and the patient need to up their game in order to work in partnership on the team. So out of this very difficult situation with your husband's health and then your health, kind of the roots started to uh, grow for this whole framework of systems that you've put together about functional nutrition in the end. Yes. Yeah, absolutely. I call it post-traumatic growth because I think out of a post-traumatic, out of a traumatic situation, I was inspired to help and to bring my thinking and my learning forward. Um, So I like to think of it as post-traumatic growth. 
So earlier you mentioned um, non-negotiables. Can you talk a little bit about what you consider your non-negotiables and your favorite tests or tools to help patients work through them? Sure. Yeah. Um, I like to think of tier one as the non-negotiables and the non-negotiables are often broader than we think. So there might be generals that we think of, especially in functional medicine. You know, we might say that um, if somebody's experiencing anything related to inflammation, we need to do some dietary cleanup and elimination diet. Let's take out the top inflammatory foods, refined sugar, gluten, dairy, you know, let's get rid of those. I like to call that clearing the muddy water. So we might start with some basics, but then clearing the muddy water for each of us is going to look very different, as I alluded to earlier. Some people to clear the muddy water may need to go to a paleo diet or an autoimmune paleo diet. Based on what their functional medicine doctor has found, they may have to reduce histamines or oxalates or salicylates. You may be experiencing what are my non-negotiables, and it's a journey to discover that. So it's not just food, it's also lifestyle. So um, we can even think about hydration. How much water do I need to drink personally to feel my best, not feel dehydrated? That's going to be different. We're going to have some baselines for all of us, but different for each of us based on what we're trying to achieve. Are we constipated? Do we have interstitial cystitis? You know, we start to look at what are my non-negotiables? What time do I need to go to bed? How do I need to work out? Do I push it or do I need to do a relaxing workout but still be moving? So non-negotiables for me are something that take, um, again, like double clicking on what works for you. And some of it we can find ourselves and some of it we might need help with. I don't know about you, Dr. Carey, but we see a lot of people coming into our practice who have reduced their foods so much because they're so reactive yes. that they come in eating three or four foods. Yes. Yeah, and those that's are not the, okay. Oh, <laughs> yeah, that's not sustainable long term. That that messes up the gut flora. They're, exactly. And, and those... Those situations, it's so hard to get a patient out of that situation, too. Exactly. And what we're looking at there is that you're starting to induce nutrient deficiencies when your diet is too limited. So if that's you, you need help diving in there and figuring out why are you so reactive and how do we tame the reactivity so we can bring in more foods. So there's opposite sides of the continuum. There's people who may be still eating things that aren't working for them. And there's people who are reduced so much of what they're eating that they're actually starting to induce other nutrient deficiencies. So in here somewhere is the middle ground where you find your non-negotiables. So um, Dr. Carey, you asked like what's a non-negotiable for me. I I honor my bedtime. So 10, 10.30, I rarely stay up before that. Recently, my assistant booked me on a, a flight because I'm speaking at a functional medicine event in California. And I'm speaking in the evening and she booked me for a flight at 11.30 that night. And 
I said, no, we have to change the flight. I'd rather wake up early in the morning than fly at 11.30 and be home at 1 a.m. That's a non-negotiable for me. I need to get my sleep. So really our non-negotiables are diving in. Sometimes we can do this alone with tracking, and sometimes we need somebody to help us look and make connections because we're too deep in the weeds as patients. But what is true for you. And sometimes we're going to use testing, like looking at antibody testing and what you're reactive to. But I'm a true believer that there's a lot we could do with tracking until we need to go to the later functional testing. I'm, I'm similar to you. One of my non-negotiables is sleep, that I must get nine hours every night. Non- nine hours. That's impressive. That's Yeah. i'm jealous nine hours without nine without nine hours i'm not a very nice person (laughs) and you get to that place of figuring that out right so that's the process that's the journey and and i think as patients we are still looking for the quick fix a lot of times even when we're coming to a functional medicine doctor we want to find out what's the infection do i have candida clostridia giardia what do i have is it EBV and fix it with whatever you're going to do to fix it naturally or pharmaceutically and then I'll be okay. And the truth is for more of us these days, it takes a tremendous amount of self-care that can become rote as rote as brushing your teeth. It just becomes part of your lifestyle, but it's ownership and what it takes is a process of figuring out because you didn't go from being an angry person to saying nine hours, not that you're an angry person, but you didn't go from that to nine hours of sleep a night overnight. You figured it out, right? I did figure it out. (laughs) So thank thank goodness for that. Yes. So let's kind of switch gears and and, uh, get into uh, genetics. Because there's, uh, there's this, you know, we're just starting to ride the cr- crest of this wave of genetic testing. And so many misconceptions, you know, patients come in with their 23andMe test and they're like, their eyeballs are popping out of their head. Like, what? oh my God, what does this mean? What do I do? So can you talk about some of the most common misconceptions you see about genetic testing and, you know, relying on our genes to determine our health? And, yeah, uh, and medical intervention and medical interventions, all that, you know, that kind of, I know that's going to take like, that could be a whole other interview right now, but <laughs> let's yeah. just kind of start in there. Well, I'll, I'll tie it back to what we're talking about, because when we talk about a 23andMe and what it means in terms of medical intervention, the answer is not much. And again, I think it's that desire that there's going to be one bit of information or one intervention that says it all, that does the trick, that really is the magic bullet. And unfortunately, that's that's rarely ever the case. And it's less so with the genetic testing that we get. Um, and I'm not saying that genetic testing isn't useful. I'm saying it needs to be appropriately useful. And um, often, Dr. Carey, this makes me not popular because what I'm saying is that we as patients have to do more work. Um, we have to actually become that partner in our healthcare. And it isn't just one thing that one 
person or one test is going to tell you. So I'm sorry to be the bearer of bear news, good bad news that it is work, but that work is very empowering. And to go back to the genetics, it's really genomics we're talking about because genetically we are more than 99% identical. And genetic variants are a natural thing that occur in the body. The genetics that actually cause disease all in and of them all in and of themselves are rare. It's rare and we know most of those genetic variants that cause disease. The genomics, the whole environment, is where we're starting to get more into our understanding of how, again, these factors work together in systems. So having a few genomic variants, so little um, variations on the genomes, usually become a underlying factor that together, based on the epigenetics, the environment that's bathing those genes, expresses or doesn't. So what we see in a 23andMe is what's there. We don't see whether it's expressed. So I tend to think of that genetic testing, or again, genomic testing, as like a wallpaper in the background of everything else we're doing. So if we go back to the lens of the non-negotiables, deficiency to sufficiency, and dismantling dysfunction, when we're looking at an environment that has the non-negotiables in the, in the picture, so we're doing things we shouldn't be doing, we have deficiencies, or we still have infections, that's a terrain that's then more likely to affect those little markers or instances that we have genomically and have tested for ourselves. So we have to do what I call backing it up and look at the environment that's bathing those genes, which is our epigenetics, and change that. That's what gives us power. Just looking at, oh, I have an MTHFR or a COMT, I'm going to address that, isn't going to do anything. We can't just take methylated folate for an MTHFR because we might have issues that prevent us from taking it in different dosages, as I'm sure you see in your practice, and we have to get that right dosage by working into the environment. So again, going back to the non-negotiables, are you sleeping? Are you eating the diet that's appropriate for you? Are you hydrating? Are you taking time to relax? Are you exercising or moving appropriately for your needs? Once you do those things, you start to shift the genetic environment. This is how you become a genetic master by owning your epigenetics. And your epigenetics are everything you do every single day that's appropriate for you that helps to shift that internal, that genetic um, blueprint that you have, if you will, that's underneath. So for me, it's really about coming back to the non-negotiables and understanding that um, our epigenetics are where we have more control than what we see in our genetic variants. And uh, for the listeners out there, when you hear Andrea saying epigenetics, I want you to just think about lifestyle, that your genes, your genes are affected by your lifestyle and by the food you put in your mouth, what you drink, how you 
process and handle stress, exercise, um, vitamin R, rest, relaxation, recreation, all of those things influence your genes. Turn good, good genes on, bad genes off. It always goes back to lifestyle. That's how we can help manipulate our genes in a good way. Always back to lifestyle, not just popping supplements. Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So the the areas that I'd be looking at and the non-negotiables or lifestyle, diet and lifestyle are sleep and relaxation, exercise and movement, nutrition and hydration, stress and resilience, and relationships and networks. And looking at those appropriate for you. So I know a lot of times people come to us saying, I'm already doing that. And that's where we need to go deeper and figure out if what you're doing is appropriate for your needs. And Dr. Carey, this is my concern with a lot of the dietary protocols that are just out there or even, you know, recommendations that are out there. We take them on as if they're appropriate for us because we think they are as opposed to working with a practitioner who can determine that they are. Andrea, there's so much that we've spoken about. Is there anything that we've not covered up to this point that you think is <laughs> important for our listeners to know? <laughs> um, I think we really said it in the end, Dr. Carey. It really does come down to diet and lifestyle modification. And I'm just going to, the, the thing I'm going to highlight is diet and lifestyle modification appropriate for you. So I know it might feel like you're doing it all already, but this is where working with an allied functional medicine practitioner, working with a functional nutritionist, somebody who's properly trained to look at if you're doing the right thing, because the truth is, We're often not looking for a nutritionist, we're looking for the physician, and we might need more people on our team to help us. So I'm just going to highlight that as it's appropriate for you, because that's where I think a lot of us get lost in the shuffle of information. And then how can our listeners find out more about you? Great. Thank you for asking that. I I definitely would love to introduce you all to my favorite tracking tool, which is the Food Mood Poop Journal. And my goal is to use a Food Mood Poop Journal, not just for accountability or to write things down. It's really to use it in a specific way to help you uncover information. For us, it's one of our best tools in practice to be able to see into what might be happening in relation to the food we eat. So if you go to fxnalliance.com forward slash Dr. Carey, that's D-R-C-A-R-R-I. So it's fxnalliance.com forward slash D-R-C-A-R-R-I. I have my food, mood, poop um, challenge ebook for you there. You can just get that for free. It's my gift to you. And that in that book, I take you through not just the tracking, but our way of looking into the tracking. So you can start to make some connections for yourself. And when you make those connections for yourself, you can bring that data to your functional medicine physician and have an up-leveled conversation with them. So I welcome you heading over there. And for anybody who's listening that's a practitioner, please feel free to uh, go head over to holisticnutritionlab.com and check out what we're up to there. You can find us on social media, 
at either FXN Alliance, Functional Nutrition Alliance, or at Holistic Nutrition Lab, because we are talking both to patients and to practitioners, and we're really committed to helping everybody up-level their conversations so we can work in partnership and make the functional medicine model work. And of course, I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so that you can easily find uh, the link to the Food Move Food, Mood, Poop Challenge ebook. <laughs> I love the name. Does Thank it, you. Can you get that as a hardcover? Is that like a brown hardcover? <laughs> Hopefully not too hard. <laughs> Is it a Bristol? <laughs> Bristol it one, has whatever. a good Bristol in there. A uh, nice Bristol for you in the ebook. So, so I'll make sure that those links are in the podcast notes so you can easily find um, Andrea and... Um, all of our great websites. Andrea, thank you so much for being my special guest today. This has just been an awesome interview. Thank you so much, Dr. Carey. All right, that wraps up this very special episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show with Andrea Nakayama. And I want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. And of course, I'd like to invite you back next time for another episode of the Functional Medicine Radio Show. As always, I'm your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, the Functional Medicine Doc. Have a great week, everyone. You've been listening to the Functional Medicine Radio Show with your host, Dr. Carrie Drizga, known internationally as the Functional Medicine Doc. Dr. Carrie is committed to helping patients find the root cause of their health problems and fixing the cause with natural treatments so they can feel normal again. Dr. Carrie is the founder of Functional Medicine Ontario and is the author of the hit book, Reclaim Your Energy and Feel Normal Again. Please tell your friends about the Functional Medicine Radio Show, and we'll see you next week with more from Dr. Carrie.